Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. But running the boards is Joey D's. Wah. Wednesday. Wah. That pause there was because I forgot that when I say BJ Shea's not here, he still isn't here. That's right. So, yes, uh, we are all here, and we're going to be talking about episode four of Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Probably the trippiest one that we've seen so far in a show that is interesting. <laughs> we may get to the more. It just depends on how deep we're going to get into this Moon Knight. But of course, we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknations.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or, you know, just search BJ Shakes Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. Yes, so many ways to get a hold of us and would appreciate that feedback. Or if you don't want to, give us a five-star review or maybe some of them textual reviews on all of those ways that you can uh, catch those pods. Most of the times it's, you know, Apple Podcast or the Odyssey app. Do appreciate all of the listening. Let's get right into Moon Knight, too, guys, because... Uh, this is a six-episode limited series, mm-hmm. and episode five is out as of right now, but we're not there yet. Uh, we're going to be talking about the previous episode, episode four. That way you can listen to this after you've watched the episode, and then you can uh, maybe go and watch episode five and see if uh, anything we say actually means a, a bit of damn, because at this point in time, I don't even know. Like, this is... One of those shows where you think it's going to do something and then it kind of turns like a hard left. Like there's a lot of times where I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. And this was kind of one of those big ones. Uh, It started off uh, where they finally ended up uh, figuring out exactly what happened, where the tomb is. And Khonshu was Mm -hmm. recently just imprisoned into his uh, his little his little tiny statue, teeny tiny statue, teeny tiny statue. He became a part of a memorabilia wall. Looked like a bunch of Funko Pops up there, Mm. which also seems to reason that there's a lot more uh, a lot more gods out there that have been uh, trapped, or at least there's a lot of other things that have been trapped because there's a lot of statues that were out there. And the whole thing about this is the the big baddie blade by Ethan Hawke, uh, Arthur Harrow, mm-hmm. is looking for the teeny tiny statue of Amit, the uh, the god who can uh, apparently judge before uh, they've, you've done anything, Minority Report style. Uh, and he wants to let that god free because he was once the uh, the avatar of Khonshu, mm-hmm. which uh, are uh, he says they bring the the justice after the fact. Yes, exactly. Too late. Too late to happen, so now we've got Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant as the uh, as the Moon Knight, uh, who now has been depowered because Khonshu has uh, has uh, been sucked into uh, uh, well his little clay figurine. So they're going around trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, we get into we just talked about how dark the Batman was, mm-hmm. and. That was one of my huge complaints about Moon Knight and this episode because when they went down into the tomb looking for yep. Amit, there were so many times where I couldn't see what the F was going on. And, I mean, I had the blinds closed. I had one light on in my in my house watching this. And there was one point I was just looking at my wife and I'm like, 
I don't know what's going on. Um, Layla's fighting something, and then you find out, yeah, it's like, well, it's one of the Hekkas, uh, mm-hmm. like a, a mummy mage, uh, <laughs> essentially. But I didn't even realize that was what she was fighting until she stuck a flare in its face and lit it. So, you know, I, I just feel that I don't, ne- I, I don't feel like I need to have the movie-going experience when it comes down to a television show. I understand and I get it when it's something like the Batman where you get to see it in a darkened theater to start off with, mm-hmm. and it's your own damn fault if you want to wait for that. But for this one, it's just like, and I don't want to like rewind it and go back, and so I'm just like, I'm just trying to keep the pacing, and I just got pissed off about it. I mean, I still finished it, still watched the whole damn thing, but uh, it was still fun. In terms of like them going and traversing Tomb Raider style, but it kind of pissed me off with that. Found, what was it? Alexander the Great's tomb? Is that what yes, it is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those things where I guess historically it's one of those long lost sort of things that maybe exist or maybe doesn't exist. In the MCU, this one does exist. <laughs> and he's the gatekeeper for that. God that got yeah, for yeah. Amit. Yeah, he's yeah. the voice of Amit, yeah. which turned into that really gruesome scene where uh, Stephen Grant's apologizing as he shoves his hand down the uh, down the gullet, gullet. Of, a, <laughs> of a mummy to retrieve uh, said statue. And I know some people aren't really a fan of the Oscar Isaac casting in the sense of his uh, accent that he switches uh, between Stephen and Mark. Mm-hmm. However, I really... I don't like it when I'm watching something and you can really tell this is the actor. It's still the actor. Yeah. But when you see someone like a Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black, you genuinely believe that all these characters are different people that just happen to look alike. And he's doing a really good job switching between Steven and Mark. The personalities are very different. The mannerisms, like he's got it down. I have to give him props for that, I think. 100%. I really agree with that. So, I mean, and when we get into it, I mean, this has turned into like a whole Tomb Raider style sort of uh, adventure where they get to and they get the, what is it, the the, the Ushabti? Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm probably butchering it, so I apologize for that. But the figurine, so they find that, of course, Harrow and his goons are there since they were the ones that were digging the tunnels, and they found the tomb in the first place due to the scarab. And so once they get there, you're like, okay, well, how is this going to go? And it went the way I didn't expect with Mark taking over uh, for Stephen, who had been running it at that point in time, or running the body, I guess, at that point. And then standing up to Harrow, and then Harrow just point blank shooting him, not once, but twice, to ensure that he's going to get gacked. Double right. tap so he can't come back as a zombie. Right? Exactly. And it, like, I, I just, it occurred to me that when I hear Stephen and Mark talking to each other, whether through like a mirror or something yeah. or in their heads, it makes me think if you've seen the show Sense 8 on Netflix, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah. oh my God, I, I need somebody who can understand this language. Somebody help me. Come on, come on, somebody. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. So if you saw that. Yeah. similar vibes. It's like that sort of, yeah, even just like, oh, it's like, I don't have that skill set, but you do. And even like, even Steven said at one point, because Mark was like, let me in. I know what I'm doing here. He's like, well, this is mostly muscle memory, right? I mean, we both share the same body. We've done the same things. And it's like, no, that is not how that really works. Although, like, I mean, they share the same body and it's usually one person's in control while the other one's not, not able yeah. to. But they did hint, if you watched, that they will be able to, I'm assuming help like get mixed into it at the same time yeah and we saw maybe that. yeah 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 we saw that when uh he's like if you if you you, have, you love her you love my my wife it's like you touch her i'm going to kill us like i'm gonna jump <laughs> off of a building and so they do end up kissing 
And when he does that, when she walks away, he punches himself in the yeah, face. Yeah, that's so right. he's able to control him a little bit. And that was even uh, um, uh, like kind of alleged at the very beginning of the show, too, when Harrow and him and Stephen yes. meet. And he's like trying to give him the scarab and his body wouldn't let him do it. Right. So there's a little bit of sort of control, mm-hmm. which makes it really interesting. See, my thought when I first saw that, I thought that was, uh, I'm blanking on the god's name. The Khonshu? Khonshu. I thought yeah. that was Khonshu doing it. Same, same. And so it was kind of fun to kind of see that work out that way. That now we know it is yeah. each other. <laughs> and so we talked about how Steven slash Mark got shot and then kind of fell into a pool and then it just kind of fades and we get this really cheesy ass Raiders of the Lost Ark slash Temple of Doom right? like parody called Tomb Buster. Tomb Buster. Oh, it was so good. Starring a person named Dr. Stephen Grant. The name may sound a little familiar there right? because it immediately you're like, oh, wait. Is did he lift that name from this character that he saw in a movie? And then all of a sudden, this whole thing kind of goes in like, um, like a legion, if you guys remember that show, mm-hmm. kind of turn where it's now it's Mark in a uh, psychiatric ward. Mm-hmm. And now he's being uh, talked to by the doctor who now is the it was is Har is Harrow. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, what? What the hell is going on? And then it gets super surreal. Like when he's like, he starts breaking out, he breaks away, tries to get away. And then like, like at, you see all the different connections like in his life. Yeah. And like which, so all the little bits that would be like, oh, this is why a thing is happening because you saw it there. Like, yeah. you know, the, the restraints he had on his bed were the same restraints he was on, had at the, on the wheelchair. Layla was there as another inmate. Mm-hmm. So it was this. Now what is going on? Have we just been screwed with for the right. last four episodes? We won. We won. Which is what he said when he found. Uh, oh, good call. Yeah. It's yeah like we won. They, yeah. It, nope. Yeah. It's and, everything. And then. And then you start. And it was it was funny because I didn't notice it right away. But when I was watching with my wife, she's like, are they calling the wrong bingo numbers? Did they just call the wrong one? And I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. And then like you look at the bingo card and it's. As a person who's played a lot of bingo, yes, I'm an old person. Um, they have, you know, there's certain sets of numbers. So like it's one through 15, 15. and then 16 through 30. And it goes yep. on every 15 is for each one. And it goes up to 70, 70 75. Yeah. yeah. And so I've like bingo too. <laughs> one of the bingo cards was N1. Like the, when she said she won, when Layla said, oh, I won, I won. Like we won, we won. Mm-hmm. The top number was N1, which I don't know if it has any significance or an Easter egg or anything, but N's can only go from 31 to 45. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that was my first noticing of something's not right. Oh, okay. And then as you keep going on and then he breaks out and runs away, the screen tilts and all the lamps kind of turn to the side, like everything is shifting like like they're in a spaceship or something like that or somewhere where everything can kind of tilt to a side. And then we get to when Mark comes across the sarcophagus when he's hiding. And who breaks out of that? Stephen Grant. Hey. Hey. So we get the duplicity of two Oscar Isaacs on screen at the same time. Then we get to them running away because they're still trying to figure out a find a find a way to get out of here. Another sarcophagus that's trying to break open, which again is another uh, kind of a, th- a callback to episode three, where we see uh, that both of them were not in control when uh, the body did some murdering of uh, the people they are chasing. So we know that there is a third personality, a third being inside of this inside of this. Uh, outside of Mark slash Steven. Yeah. 
but it's just shaking and not opening. I, I was yelling at my screen. I'm just like, open the damn sarcophagus. I want to know. But no, instead, they run down a hall, open a door, and there is a humanoid with a hippo head who says, hi. And uh, yeah, and that's where it cuts out. And I was like, what the hell? Do not stop it right here. Don't stop it right here. I need to know what the hell's going on. Just put a hippo on the screen. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to stand a reason. It's another type of Egyptian god. I'd have to also imagine one that maybe can um, bring him back to life from being shot, which also is explained. Khonshu brought Mark back to life when his partner had killed Layla's father and everybody else at the dig site and uh, had to deal with all of that and kind of, uh, you know, they had to come to terms with all of that. He didn't kill Layla's father, but he was there when it happened and did make that happen in terms of, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go do this thing. And this guy got greedy, he got shot, Contra mm-hmm. brought him back to life. So I obviously I don't think he's going to be dead because that would be a hell of a way to have two more episodes left. Right. Do you remember the god that helped Mark uh, when they were getting tr- when he was getting tried in front of all the gods? I can't remember who it was, but that was my guess of who the hippo was. Oh, yes. I know which one you're talking about. Because it's not uh, Ahmet. Because I I was talking to BJ uh, during work hours uh, about it. And it's like, is it Ahmet? But no, Ahmet looks like a gator god. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, like the the Mm -hmm. third one with that was I'm not sure... Which I one? Shall I know the I know the lady you're talking about because the one that was actually coming. She was kind of hinting like, "Hey, hey, I know this one map that you might be able to find somewhere in the Sargophis this one time if you want to actually try to do something." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can't remember who which one that was. She also was kind of like hinting like, "Hey, we got a history here, homie." Yeah. So it could be a different one. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I'm sure the peanut gallery out there can help us out with that. Tawa Ret. Tawa Ret? Of course. Tawa Ret. I'm going to look what that is. Yeah, see if that... See she if that... is! Oh, hey. okay. So boom. Good call. She nice. is. All right. All right. So that's exactly where we go. She's so the protective ancient Egyptian goddess of childbirth and fertility. Oh, wow. Okay. So oh. apparently we're going to get a rebirth a maybe rebirth. of uh, Moon Knight here with all of that. Um, and I was even looking online, and it looks like executive, executive producer Grant Curtis says that big things are in store for the last two episodes of MCU's uh, uh, latest series. And he says uh, that the final two episodes will blow Marvel fans' minds. Honestly, when the whole thing with like, all the gods were uh, kind of convening together, I was expecting uh, there to be the character uh, I'm blinking on his name but uh, Kit Harrington's character in oh, the Oh Black Knight and I can't remember like he's going to be the Black Knight as we get forward and move with this um, but yeah I can't remember his character's name in the I, Eternals either. And I don't remember anything about like what Black Knight is supposed to be. I just know he kind of found his history in this thing. The so sword just, is cursed and he gets yeah. the powers from the sword. So I just thought it might have been like if the sword was cursed it would have been a god or something. Yeah. I just, Dane Whitman. Dane Whitman. Dane Whitman slash Black Knight. So yeah and I know that there are some sort of uh, 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 uh connotations uh they they've passed each other in comics and that sort of thing and they've done stuff together as I, that. honestly i only imagine this because it's curses and all this stuff and also because they were both in england at some point yeah because mm-hmm. he worked for a school and then he worked for a museum yep. so i figured they probably crossed paths at some point right maybe. <laughs> um and then yeah moving on with uh, the last two chapters of this whole series uh grant curtis does say there's a whole world of moon knight's history that you have not been able to watch in these first four episodes that you will in the last two big fans of the comics who do know his history are going to be happy i don't know a whole lot of his history so it'll be interesting to see where that goes but yeah i'm really really stoked for all of it 
Yeah, for six episodes to do a whole backstory, because usually we get a movie. It's like two hours. Mm -hmm. Six hours, almost 50 minutes an episode. And they did a pretty good job to tell a good good story. Yeah. Agreed. And I I have to imagine that we're going to get a lot of reveals. And it's kind of how it's been going for most of these series. Big reveals, a lot of stuff's going to get tied up, and then maybe just a big fat battle at the uh, for the last one. And I mean, Egyptian gods. I have a feeling that they're going to like kind of just like uh, uh, open up Pandora's box, so to speak, with the gods, because we need a lot more a lot more goddom going on if we're going to be having uh, 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 Gore the God Butcher. That's oh, all I'm gonna say. that's true. So I'm going to say with all that, that mm. stuff's coming up. So uh, everything ties together. Everything has to tie together because Mr. Feige isn't going to let that not happen. Right? They got big old plans for Marvel. And so I, yeah. And, and you know what? I don't remember in the other shows, but obviously there's uh, there has not been any like post or like after credit scenes or anything on. I've this. been waiting too. I've been watching to make yeah, sure. I always skip and look ahead, but there hasn't been any. <laughs> there might be one at the very last one, but. I mean, I feel like their other shows might have, like, every now and then might have had, like, a little hint here and there, but not yet. And, yeah, that's, it'll be, it's, it'll be interesting to see where it's going to be going. And I do like the fact that this show has been one of those ones where maybe, maybe people have learned to maybe, and, like, I've been staying for a lot of them, it's, like, just to watch the show and maybe not to think about or expect some sort of huge tie-in that comes in or like you know with Loki everyone was like oh it's going to be Kang and it kind of was but kind of isn't so it was kind of a nice reveal at the end and then also with uh, Scarlet which uh, WandaVision it was one of those ones where everyone thought it was Mephesto and we're like hold on just watch the show for the show and then we got there, and I'm, I'm hoping that's where we're going to get with that. Maybe we'll get a big reveal. We'll have to see what happens. But by and large, I'm still stoked to see what's going to be happening in these last two episodes. Well, let us know how you feel about that. Tell us how you feel about these last two episodes. But now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Hey, Vicky, what do you got? Well, I did have to uh, bring up a couple of... Uh... Memes? Couple of memes. Yep, here we go. Memes. Memes, <laughs> day memes. Only because it. I've been I've been saving them, and I'm trying not to do too many and just save well, them for the Well, you were gone Facebook. for a little while. I understand yeah. that, yeah. Uh, but I did talk about on the last episode about turning red, uh, and I saw a bunch of different like reactions and memes and stuff and how different movies are today as opposed to... 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and I never thought about it until I saw this. And it says, Disney villains in the 1990s, evildoers who could sing. <laughs> yes, we have, you know, Scar, you know, Jafar. You have, all, like, all these different characters, so that's very accurate. Disney villains in the 2010s, hidden and meant to surprise the audience. And I just thought of, like, um, one of the first ones. I mean, it's probably not 2010s. I think it was a little earlier than that. But it made me think of, like, Monsters, Inc. You don't know who the real bad guy is until the end. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, accurate, accurate. Disney villains in the 2020s. Generational trauma and family who gaslights you. Oh, geez. Yeah, right? Like, seriously, if you haven't seen Turning Red, it's definitely go check it out. Same with Encanto. Like, all that. Like, not only is, like, the music, everything's just really fun. For those two movies, they're very, very different in vibes. But... This, the feeling at the end is the same. It's like getting approval and uh, get the tissues ready. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially if you're a teenage girl. So, I don't, I mean, or if you were a teenage girl at some point, or even just any teenager. Like, how awkward were you guys? Like, oh, when you were dude, 12, 13 years old? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things where it's like some of the critics are like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. It's like, why are you doing it? Like, I never did fan fiction or anything like that. And it's like, if you weren't a cringy, like, 12 or 13-year-old, you're lying to yourself because you absolutely were. 
Mm, like, how cringy were you? Like, I just like the art. I remember like drawing art. things, and it wasn't like super bad where you're just like drawing D's everywhere or anything like that. <laughs> but you would like it would be like fan fiction, or I even remember like the like the wrestling like. Uh, we didn't it was uh, like email groups or something like that where it was like oh we were part of a fake e-wrestling group where we would write our promos and send them to everybody Aww. oh yeah my uh, yeah my best friend found my notebook from uh, when I was writing those and he didn't let me live that down for quite a while ouch yeah, yeah I just wore khakis and played Magic the Gathering in the cafeteria yeah, so. Dork. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah 100% I, mean, uh, I wore glasses I played cards I slang poker Stuff. (laughs) Wizard poker. That's right. uh, This is now like, I just had like a weird flashback of a lot of cringy things. But (laughs) the one that stands out is when I was a freshman in high school, we used to stay after school and we would ride the activity bus home and we would go around the school buildings and basically without any costumes or no like weapons or anything like that, because obviously you couldn't, but we had nothing, nothing. We were playing like RPG type games, which were basically like a weird version of like freeze tag and like hide oh, and go yeah. seek. You were like LARPing. I get it. We yeah. Were, yeah, we were doing live action role playing, and it was now looking back, that was very. Cringe. Oh, I remember playing Ninja Turtles in the uh, in the neighborhood with my buddies or my cousins. But and... I was fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little yeah. older. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, talking about the different villains and different movies that are going on nowadays, I actually did run into this article talking about the most shocking villainous reveals in Disney movies. And a lot of these are going to be like 2010s and stuff like I was talking about. Okay. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say just like some of the, some of the shocking reveals I would even think um, maybe, maybe the Incredibles was syndrome just because I didn't really expect him to be, the villain, and when it was kind of revealed at that point, and then you know, the backstory, and you, deal, you see all of it as they're going through, you're like, Oh, wow, okay, yeah. See, that wasn't it, like, I wasn't surprised it was syndrome, and so this list doesn't have syndrome on it, fair but enough, it does enough. have the bad guy from Incredibles 2. Have you guys seen Incredibles 2? I have not, I have. Ooh, do you remember who the bad guy was? I do not, <laughs> I do not think so. Is it okay if I spoil yes. it? Yes, oh, 100%. So you're thinking that the bad guy is like the main guy who wants to bring superheroes back. Because at this point, you know, superheroes are still outlawed and he's mm-hmm. very excited. He wants superheroes to be a thing. And his sister is like the tech, the tech guru, like making all these different things. And that's how they part of partially how they've accumulated a lot of their wealth and notoriety. And the the brother is very businessy type guy. He's, I think the, he's voiced by the guy who plays Saul in Better Call Saul. Oh, Bob Odenkirk? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, his sister turns out to be the bad guy, Evelyn. Oh. And she ends up, you know, kidnapping uh, Mrs. Incredible, and she was the bad guy. She She's actually the screen slaver, but she it's not really a real person. She just did that to kind of throw people off her scent. Oh, yeah, she, wow. She was voiced, why am I forgetting everyone's names? But I remember <laughs> all the stuff they were in. Yeah, yeah. She was voiced by the love interest in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, pfft. Mm. Oh, I don't even remember yeah, her, I don't really yeah. like that. Oh, it's gonna bother me. I can tell. Uh, okay, maybe you can look it up while I pick Catherine up the next Keener? one. Catherine Keener. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trish. Yeah. Trish. Trish. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh she my god. She has such a good voice too. So I love it. I loved her as Evelyn. Yeah, and she's done a lot of stuff. I forget about it. She was oh, yeah. most recently in the Adam Project. If you've That's seen that, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charles Muntz uh, cannot let go of the past in the movie Up. He was the bad guy in the movie Up. 
which honestly nobody ever really remembers what happens in Up except for the, the balloon house, scene. the opening scene, <laughs> Gosh, and then yeah. the little kid who wants to be a uh, a little Boy Scout. Aww. Another uh, big old twist was Toy Story three. You guys see that one? Really? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Toy Story 3, it turns out, uh, this is when they're at the daycare center, and the bad guy is actually Lotso Huggin' Bear. He rules the daycare with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. This is the, the Lotso. This is the movie where you get that very tear-jerky scene where they're in a, like, the garbage incinerator. compressor, incinerator yeah, 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 thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't go well with him. Like, <laughs> Okay, you guys, like Big Hero 6, come on. You guys remember Big Hero 6? Who's the bad guy in Big Hero 6? I remember Big Hero 6 because I remember everyone was named after different T's, um, but I don't oh, I, yeah. I don't remember the bad guy. Wait, was Go-Go one of them? That's not a T, is it? Uh, I thought they were all different like types of T's. Huh. I never saw the movie, so I have no idea what, what? you're talking you about. You would like it. No, I, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I know Honey Lemon was, but I'm blanking yeah, on Yeah, I else. guess maybe not. I, I thought maybe maybe it was just Honey Lemon were, yeah. <laughs> and then Wasabi. <laughs> yeah, so never mind. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> I remember Fred because that was T.J. Miller voicing him. Nice. Fun fact that uh, Honey Lemon is actually that character. She's very tall, blonde. Very, very smart girl, but she's actually Mexican or Latina. Really? Like, there's like some outrage that came out with that because she doesn't look Latina. But in my head, I'm like, no, she still does. I wish they were a little bit more obvious because she was listening. Like, if you listen carefully, you can hear her listening to like Mexican music, like banda music or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a cousin who looks exactly like her. Tall, blonde, skinny, blue eyes. So I'm like, no, Mexicans can look like that. Uh, but actually, the real bad guy was Robert Callahan, which was the main character's, you know, mentor slash That's right. um, teacher, as well yeah. as his brother's teacher. It, it's it's a pretty sad one. Like, and that's a one. You know what? It's a movie I mean, that will. I remember in the feels. I remember seeing it in the theaters, and yet completely and utterly forgetting about the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, other than Baymax, like I love Baymax. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Stinky Pete, who foils <laughs> Woody's escape in Toy Story, in Toy Story, 2. Story 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name was Stinky Pete. <laughs> yeah. And he was supposed to be like mint condition in the box because nobody ever buys like the side character, especially like the weird ones like yeah. that. So he ended up uh, being a memorabilia. And he's like, no, we all have to go together because we're going to end up in a museum in Tokyo. This is how people are going to love us and kids will never outgrow us. Oh, geez. Uh, Prince Hans mocks Anna for trusting him in Frozen 2. He, the guy she was in love with, and they finish each other's sandwiches. Aww. Turns out that he was like 11th in line <laughs> to be prince because he's got a crap ton of siblings. So he's like, I'm never really going to be prince unless I get married to you and then right. kill you and your sister. Yeah. That's all wait. it's going to take. That's not a good idea. Uh, t- I totally forget how to pronounce this, so please do not kill me for this. Uh, Tekai is actually Tefiti in Moana. So if you guys didn't see Moana, like the oh yeah, a lot of like a lot of these islands are starting to experience like a lot of death within like their plants and everything like that, and they're gonna lose a way to eat and everything. And it turns out it's because of this very angry god, but it's because something was stolen from this god. They're actually like a very kind, gentle god, mm-hmm. but they were basically like I've seen so many memes. It's like before you eat, after you eat, like super calm and chill and sweet <laughs> and resting, and then angry, full of fire mm-hmm. beforehand. Yep. One that I recently got my little brother into. I'm so excited. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. You guys remember who the bad guy was? Oh, dang it. I need more Disney friends. Gosh, yeah, I know. I'm really bad at this. I can't can't remember. King Candy. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. right. Yeah. King Candy was actually Turbo in disguise. And we, I honestly, 
there's very few movies where I am watching and I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. This person's going to be the bad guy or this is what's going to happen. This was a twist I was not expecting. That is right. Yeah. His stupid big head. Alan Tudyk. Was he? Was oh, Alan Tudyk awesome. as that? Yep. Alan Tudyk's in everything. He was in Moana as the chicken. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, he was. Yeah, he really was, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. like Duke Wesselton in Frozen. And he was actually in this other one that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. He was Weaselton in uh, number three's Zootopia. He also played a weasel. It was <laughs> a little ode to I it. Weasel. Uh, but do you guys ever see Zootopia at all? No. I think you guys would enjoy it because there's a lot of, like, social commentary on, like, what's going on in the world when it comes to, like, race and stuff like that. But they've basically split it off to predators, so animals that are typically predators in the wild. Wolves, yeah. Yeah, you got your wolves. Even otters are technically on this list. Dude, yeah. If you want to be shocked... Um, look at just the otter lifestyle, yeah, and like look it up, like on an act, like a like a Nat Geo thing or something like that. Otters are horrifying. Uh, otters and penguins and seals yeah. Yeah. and orcas. Oh yeah. no, they're all a yeah. holes. Yeah. Otters are definitely the bros of the animal kingdom because oh. they work hard and play hard. Well, yeah, they also. I mean, uh, we're, we're not, not going to say to- we're yeah. going to think we're, it. You're not totally wrong with the whole bro thing right there. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to think it. And if you guys like, in last episode, actually, they kind of do talk about like penguins and some of the gross stuff they do on the show Adventure Beast. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, from Zootopia, it's Don Bellwether who is like the mayor's assistant, and then. They turn out to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. She's literally a wolf. <laughs> or, uh, excuse me, a sheep. Uh, but they create this giant panic over the savage predators. And there's actually, like, I think some sort of something that's turning the predators wild, much like the the trigger thing from, like, Wolverine weapon. Like, when you smell it, they just go into a killing spree. Yeah. And a lot of these just kind of go wild. And so they're trying to be like, no, you see how awful they really are? So it is. A, it has a really good social commentary, but it's a really fun movie in general. Um, I believe uh, Don Bellwether is voiced by... Again, with the names today. I cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slate. Jenny Slate. Oh, Jenny, Jenny Slate. Slate. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a very iconic voice. Mm-hmm. Stepping one back, though, number four, Ernesto de la Cruz from Coco. Okay. We find out that uh, he is not, in fact, his grandfather. He is a liar, a thief, and a murderer. Murderer! Number two, I did mention earlier, um, it ended up being Henry J. Waternoose III, who was the bad guy. He was the one trying to kidnap children to get more screams because they were not producing as many screams as they needed to power up the energy where they're at. But then at the very end, spoiler alert, they find out that laughter produces more energy than screams. Oh, look at that. What a great story. And number one, uh, Rourke, who was like the guy in charge of everything, had the missing page all along in Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Oh, wow. So they go on the adventure and they're trying to find like they have a journal. They're trying to decipher it and everything. But he had the last page that he was going to use for his own nefarious plans. Wow, so they put in Atlantis as the number one on that one. Nobody expected it. I no. mean, he was always kind of a jerk. So, I mean, as a little kid watching it, I was like, okay. This guy's a jerk. Yes, I understand why he's doing this. Why he's, he's a, a bad jerk. guy? I <laughs> like it when someone's <laughs> a jerk and they turned out to be like a teddy bear. Aww. I love the, that that whole thing. <laughs> but are any of you guys uh, remembering any of these? Or am I just like a Disney adult that needs to grow up? What's going on here? Nobody <laughs> else remembers anything. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Until next time, stay nerdy. 